ladies and gentlemen, welcome. What a drama in the last round of fixtures. Um, a five-minute spell from City propelled them to yet another league title. That's four in five seasons. And Liverpool did what they had to do. That's win at home. But it wasn't enough to get them their league title they uh, dearly thrived for. Meanwhile, in the relegation battle, uh, Watford um, is in the championship and Norwich. They were joined in by... Bendy, who lost uh, at home versus Newcastle. Joining today in the studio, uh, in this special edition of the podcast, Papi, uh, Kobzi and uh, Miss Roper. Thank you very much, guys. Let's get straight into it. It was a tense game. City trailing 2-0 at halftime, but they turned it around with goals from Rodri and a brace from Akai Gundogan. Papi, is this the football that we love to see? Well, definitely. If you're a neutral fan, definitely it's the football that you like. Drama all the way. But if you were a Man City fan, it was nail-biting indeed. Fantastic game. It all seemed like Coutinho and company would nick all the three points. But eventually they lost. Was it a kick in the teeth for Steven Gerrard's side, puppy? I think they had the game in the bag. They just needed to contain City. And uh, unfortunately they failed. So I think... Uh, it was all up to them to make sure that Liverpool will clinch the title, but to concede three goals in the space of five minutes, I think they 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 were the ones to blame there. Okay, talking of which, in uh, Aston Villa losing to City, Villa got 15 million from um, the Grealish deal uh, last that he signed uh, in the summer. So going into the, into this game, did the board influence the decision? Look, I think I think uh, as a football stakeholder, if you are in the board and if you are the manager, I think you have different interests and different uh, uh, scenarios that you expect. Uh, so I, th- I think it was a win-win for 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 the manager as well. He gave it a fight, and then for the board, they 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 got themselves 15 million because of uh, Jack Grealish uh, winning the the Premier League. So it's a win-win. I wouldn't want to say that uh, there was some fixing there, but it's just a win-win scenario for the managers and the board. Okay, rightly so, Ropa. Uh, meanwhile, Liverpool had to do what they expected to do. That's uh, win at home versus Wolves. Uh, what what are they supposed to do? It wasn't enough, really. And what are they supposed to do to get that league title um, going uh, moving forward? Because it seems like it's not um, on their on their cards with uh, Pep Guardiola on the dugout. Uh, yeah, Liverpool uh, lose the title to Manchester City again, and there's just one point difference. So I think it's just a matter of luck, unfortunately, because they did everything right. You could argue that that draw against Tottenham may be um, losing two points, but it's just fate, unfortunately. But can you really say um, it's, uh, it needs luck? Because he yeah, missed 100 points, 97 points, and this current season, that, that was 92 points. But in two of those, of those occasions, he didn't even win the league. So, can we say he need luck or Pep is just too good? I guess I'd have to go for Pep is just too good at this point. And Manchester City continue to strengthen. So, they are on a planet of their own at this point. Uh, what do you expect when uh, uh, the owners just pumps in uh, lots of cash? Remember, exactly. Alan still has already, has already been signed. So, it's a statement of intent from Pep. Yes, it is. It is definitely. The victory ensured Klopp's team ended the campaign with the only unbeaten record at home in the Premier League. 
and a remarkable 92 points like I alluded before. In 24 of the, la- of the past 29 seasons, that would have been enough to clinch the league. Man City spent 168 days top of the Premier League, 98 more than any other team. And Papi, which final day of the title race was better? The Aguero's 2011-2012 uh, show or the Gundogan's City versus Lever onslaught? <laughs> That's a, that's a very good question because I would like to believe that uh, both 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 on the on both occasions there was drama, uh, especially for the neutral fan. Uh, City scoring uh, three goals in five minutes. I mean, it's 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 unheard of. And on the last day, for them to just score three goals in, in a space of five minutes, for them to go and clinch the title, I think it's dramatic enough. But uh, the Aguero moment for me still still lingers in the back of my head. I think that was the most dramatic for a neutral and even for for any fan. If you're a Man City fan, it was dramatic as well. Is it because um, uh, the first cut is the deepest, or it's because of the mom, the Aguero? Because you, you can put this aside. This uh, Ike Gundogan's brace. It's a, it's a, it was a yeah, look, remarkable look, achievement. It's a similar scenario. It's a similar scenario. Both uh, both teams, uh, the 2012 season and this current uh, teams, they wanted to win the the league on the last day, so they also trailed two goals. Is it Man City yeah. QPR uh, 2012? Man City was trailing by two goals to nil. They came back from two goals down. They did exactly the same, but the only difference is that uh, the the time which uh, the goals came in, the this season the goals came in a bit earlier, so. There wasn't much drama there, unlike the Aguero one where it was the 94th minute, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, rightly so. Okay, um, so the last spot of the Champions League was always between uh, Arsenal and Tottenham. Both teams managed to put five goals, but for Arsenal it wasn't good enough and they failed yet again. What has been your thoughts on what we saw, Ropa? Um, considering this uh, Arsenal-Tottenham debacle, the top four is just kind of like a leeway, a seesaw. This team, United, uh, Tottenham, uh, as player is on top today. The next game, um, it's Arsenal. But eventually, uh, it was too short for Arsenal. Yeah, uh, it was a very interesting uh, top four race this season because at some point, even Chelsea faltered. Um, but I think it just goes to Tottenham bringing in Antonio Conte. You know, he's a manager who sticks to his methods and with Arsenal we've seen with um, their manager that sometimes he kind of falters but it was an emphatic finish to the season you know winning 5-1 for Arsenal was incredible but Tottenham were the better side and they got this What difference did Conte make in this Tottenham side? I think um, Conte you know I'll also include the signings you know bringing Kulusevsky you know with Harry Kane Jung Ming Son was joint top goal scorer um, I think he brought out the best in the players you know he really made them believe that they were good and we saw his, he really implemented his methods and the players understood exactly what he wanted from them yeah rightly so um, so on the other hand Papi Arsenal will be disappointed in not clinching that uh, Champions League spot so can we say this young Gunners achieved overachieved considering it's a massively inexperienced team or it's an opportunity dropped? It's a tricky question, but uh, just to sum it up, I think I think the players on their own, you know, they did what they could, but I would say the, the coach sometimes, the manager, uh, Michael Arteta, 
I think sometimes he got it wrong, especially when he decided to let your key players, the likes of uh, Ubermeyer, and we can even 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 go backwards a bit, the likes of Mesut Ozil. So I think those those decisions uh, came to haunt him at the end of the season, because you look at what Antonio Conte did. He, he brought in some reinforcements, and those guys who came in, your Bentecourt, your Kolesevsky, they came in, they delivered when it mattered the most. They were consistent, and they are actually the one of the reasons why. Tottenham propelled into the top four. I would say um, Ateta bottled this uh, Champions League uh, sport. Why? Arsenal needed three points, four points um, in the last three games, but they only only managed three points. They lost the North London derby, and also the, the next game versus Newcastle, they lost again. Now they went on to um, thrash this Everton side, which which was already looking forward for the um, to the holidays with beach and stuff because they've got nothing to play for they the, the actually uh, survived relegation so was it pressure mounting on this Arsenal side uh, Ropa because th- this last game there wasn't any pressure yes um, absolutely I think uh, they, they don't do too well under pressure Arsenal and at the beginning of the season they were not at their best so you can say that those points dropped earlier on um, you know, they gained confidence as time went on and they really believed that they could make it. But then the pressure was too much for them and they fought it. So earlier on, had they won their games, been more consistent, they would have made the top four. Yeah, rightly so. Um, so uh, Tenag was in the stands in the Palace game, losing 1-0 and almost being demoted to the Conference League. But they joined Astro in the Europa League. Uh, Kobzi, I've got a question for you. Massive reboot needed. Yes, definitely. Uh, we hope so and uh, looking forward for it. Going into this season, how many players are um, needed on board? Um, Don't be off ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll say three or four players. Three or four players. But we've got our um, United got about um, four or five uh, players that are leaving. So okay, I choose a position to replace them. I um, I, I mean this as in uh, good players. Uh, which we can get some probably from the you know from the champion squad or anything but as a good players that will beef up the team or look forward to winning silver ways yeah we'll probably need three or four players uh, and Sierra Seb will be playing in, in Europa <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yes I guess so I guess so look uh, he tried to run away from it uh, like last year with Juventus so I think you know, and then now he's back with them uh, in United and uh, I think the right thing to do right now is you know to to go back in the uh, European Champions you know just accept a fee I don't know if it's going to they're big players obviously they'll need to go and play I'm not for telling him what to do or, but if it happens that he is playing in the European Champions League uh, it's going to be an advantage also to the young players that Okay, please don't make it up and then, you know, collect the trophy and you know, get to the point. So I think it's time for him probably to, you know, to be humble and, you know, be actors in others, you know, because if you run away right now, okay, what, what picture is it showing, you know, to the young players coming up, you know, so, yeah. Robert, is, um, is it about um, the status of CRSF not playing in Europe or it's uh, age catching up uh, on him? Remember the guy is what 38 now is turning is turning 38. So in trying to balance the Premier League fixtures and the traveling in Europa, would that um, not be any hindrance in a way? I wouldn't say his age is a hindrance because 
you know, Ronaldo is still very fit for his age. Some people were even saying on social media he was United's player of the season. And he's 30, 37. So I guess I would say it's status. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo won the Champions League with Real Madrid and now he's playing Europa League on Thursday nights. You know, not many people were tuning in. It's it's very unfortunate, really. Um, Papi, um, the travelling and all. Look, I think if you're playing for Man United, you're you're a top player, especially if you're talking of Cristiano Ronaldo. But considering his age, and considering his status as as, as a top premium uh, footballer, I think the travelling should be limited. But knowing Cristiano, he he's a fighter. He likes to push boundaries. I I would like to believe if he's staying at uh, Man United for the next season, I would like to believe he'll be part and parcel of the Europa uh, squad. Oh, okay. So I guess um, time will tell. You know, in the relegation zone, Watford and Norwich already relegated was joined in was joined by Burnley and will be playing Championship football next season. Burnley lost at home versus Newcastle, whilst Le- Leeds survived relegation by winning away. We're barely reluctant to suck Sean Dyche puppy. Look, I think I think now the decision is now clear that the decision uh, did not work according to plan because if you suck a long-serving manager who probably knows the team chemistry, uh, if you suck him with four, five, six games remaining, I think it's 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 little time uh, to 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 give to the incoming uh, replacing the replacement manager. So I think what what happened there was a scenario where. It was too little, too late to suck Sean Dice, and it was too little, too late for the man, for the new manager to come in and and keep on that winning momentum. Even though they tried very well, I I, I actually thought that Benley was going to survive, but it wasn't to be. They lost on the final day when they were supposed to win. So probably sometimes you would you would crave for that uh, experience of Sean Dice. Probably if he was now in that situation, he would have probably played uh, his cards well and and probably survived. Um, so Leeds survived uh, relegation by the skin of their of their teeth. Proper. What are they supposed to do moving going into the next season, uh, Leeds? Because if they repeat the same mistake, you know what will happen next season. Yes, uh, definitely. I think uh, they need to strengthen, you know, their team. Um, I would say they definitely need to be more consistent. You know, the Premier League is very competitive, and um, I don't think they did too well even against the the top six teams, I think they just need to come in with more desire to stay in the Premier League. They need to fight every single game because it is so easy. We've seen with Burnley. Burnley, I'd say, had been hanging by thread the past couple of seasons, to be honest. So they just need to fight and to strengthen the team. And also their their goal difference was uh, terrible. It was it's minus 34. If you're, if you're to compare with other teams... To other teams, uh, you see that uh, it's a mismatch. Yes. So I think they'll need to rectify the, those defensive aspects of the game, not um, just relying on attack, attack, attack. Yes, and you know they started with Bielsa as well, and yeah, so methods are different. I also the think they were kind of late in um, sucking Bielsa. Yes, I agree. You know it, it happened too late, and thank goodness that the manager was able to you know ensure that they stayed in the Premier League. Good for them. Uh, meanwhile, AC Milan won their first Scudetto since 2011. Never been a roller coaster, but at the end of the day, the league was all theirs. With Olivier Giroud's brace and uh, that tenacity from Rafael Liao, AC Milan didn't afford to lose, right, Papi? Definitely, it was all in their hands. All they needed to do was just win 
the last game and they did so emphatically with the veteran Olivier Oli- Giroud. I have to mention him. Yes. What 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 a player, you know. Most most Arsenal fans they 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 disregarded him. I know the problem. It's because they thought that he was a chief striker. Are they not justified? They can be justified because when he came in uh, into Arsenal after winning the league with uh, Montpellier. Montpellier he was regarded as a top striker but unfortunately his pace was a little bit lagging so arsenal fans he came in with the hope of being the savior but unfortunately couldn't it couldn't be he was an auxiliary striker he's a backup striker he's your number two striker who chips in time in and time again to come in with brilliant goals he showed that at chelsea he's showing it now at uh, ac milan and uh, he's now a scudetto winner how good is rafael leao Rafael Leo, I think for me, if you're mentioning the likes of uh, Yombapes, all the youngsters that are playing, I think Rafael Leo deserves serious mention. I first saw a glimpse of him uh, when he was playing uh, for Portugal in the. It was a friendly qualifier. It was a qualifier. It was a qualifier. The last game of the qualifier, he came in, he terrorized defenders with his pace, his skill, his tenacity, his hunger. So I think for me he's actually one of those players to actually look out for for the next season and uh in the Portugal's uh, national team I'm telling you he's the player who is going to make a difference can they hold on to him because um rumors are saying there are uh, uh, several European clubs that are vying for his signature definitely with the way he's playing the chances are high that all the other big European teams are keeping an eye on him but i think it's important for ac milan to go into uh the, the next season's champions league with him one more season with him let's see how he performs on the big stages again and then we'll see where he, where, where it takes him okay okay papi over the weekend um we woke up to some massive news and uh killian Mbappe was just the topic of the social media topic of the day in the social media and on sunday psg announced that uh killian Mbappe signed a contract till 2025. But in doing so, Kobe, Kylian Mbappe becomes very, very, very rich. Um, 300 million euros um, <laughs> signing on bonus, 100 million euros a year salary after tax. He will help decide the coach. He will have a say on the sporting director. Leonardo right now um, um, has already been um shown the door the exit door so now they are, they want to appoint a sporting director he is in the midst of that um process he can approve signings and sales as well wow. and lastly but not uh and last but not least it will be the center of psg's um project wow how much was uh money affected here uh I'll say 100% <laughs> well, why because look uh Like from all the things that you have stated, uh, they're just talking about money, money, money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the center of that. It's more money, three hundred million just for signing, not his annual earnings or what. Just for signing, three hundred mm-hmm. million. That's money. You know, deciding the coaches and what. Uh, that's money. money. He's now in the board, so now I can now just say he was made a owner slash player. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Robert, can we have can, can we have um, your side of the story? Well, uh, I do agree that it's all about money. Um, and it's actually f- funny because La Liga uh, reported Paris Saint-Germain to UEFA um, for disregarding financial fair play rules or something along those lines. So this is very controversial. Uh, Real Madrid seemed to be very disappointed in him 
uh, for not signing the deal. But hey, it's all about, like Kobsi said, money. Money talks. Yes. Papi. Look, I think we have to look at this uh, on a personal level, like from Papa's point of view. Obviously, mm-hmm. money is the key issue here. They, those are large figures of money that we're talking about. But I, I think he, he, he thought to himself, wait a minute, this is an opportunity for me to earn more money yes. and still play in, in, in France. He's a French national. Mm-hmm. So it's all about money and staying within the realm of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and being the face of 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 uh, PSG, I think he's taken over from uh, Neymar now, so he knows how it feels to be the face of uh, for clubs such as uh, PSG with its financial structures and its you know deals here and there. So I think I think it's an opportunity for him to 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 be on top of the club, and maybe if he can actually propel the squad to win uh, European titles, I think he wants to be the center. Of that okay, glory. Wait, isn't, isn't it this a point of uh, a case of history repeating itself? Why? Because um, uh, remember they did that to Neymar also when Neymar signed for them. He was given this certain incentives like 15%, 15% of the PSG cutters or hotels. He was um, given uh, a chopper. So now it's on um, Killian's case. And it's different but the in- incentives are just um, piling up. So Will this not be a problem in the dressing room, Cody? Well, you know what? Uh, actually, they're killing players for us, you know, football fans, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, the more you see now, he's going to be like more invested in himself rather than. I don't think we're not we're not we're not going to see that kind of Mbappe, you know, that we that hard fighting Mbappe that would run all the way through the pitch, you know. Now it's just going to be tempted, it's going to fall down, it's three hundred million and more expensive than you, you know, he's an asset now. So these guys are killing football for us, they're killing, you know, the vibe, the everything. But I don't know, I don't know. And uh, I thought he was very ambitious. Uh, I thought he was very ambitious and he was after, you know, after uh, the hard work and you know the silverways and everything. Rather than yeah, money comes, money comes first, you know. But, but you know, you know, at, at, at Real Madrid, he was even getting lots of cash. Yeah. So can you really say okay, man? Yes, we can say money, but yeah, there are certain things. Okay. Can you not say he was greedy to some extent? Why? Yeah. You can. You can because uh, because if you look at the. Uh, probably the contract that Madrid was going to offer him. I, I wouldn't think it was going to be something that was not going to be comfortable for him to accept. Mm. So, 50 million, um, uh, 50 million euros a year. So for, for, from Madrid. From Madrid, that's half of it. Half of it. So, yeah. definitely we have to say to some extent, the, the move was motivated by money. Yeah. And uh, and that chance to, you know, to, to leave like the king of, of, of the football club. But like what Kobzi was saying, this kills football. And also, it kills PSG's spirit. Yes. As, as a group of players, as a bunch of players, the Neymar scenario, Neymar came in exactly the same scenario. He was starting to, to be disliked by his own fans. So chances are high that this same route might be the one uh, that Mbappe is following. Did Fiorentino Perez felt outdone by this decision? Like, uh, as in a step in the back? Yes. Uh, I, and I don't blame him, honestly. I don't, but... Like you have all said, you know, it's greed. Um, I think with Real Madrid, it would have been more about his hard work more than anything else. Whereas here, he's just getting money for 
staying with the club and it is ruining the morale within PSG we actually saw during the celebrations Messi's body language you know these are all big players and when Messi came to PSG people thought it would be like that triple threat with Neymar and Mbappe but now you can't help but think the rest of the squad will be thinking should I be siding with Neymar should I be on Mbappe's side it's just PSG is becoming more of a business than a football club it's a commercial club yes so like uh Sources are say, so sources were saying Kylian uh, 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 Mbappe had uh, told everyone in the dressing like the Benzema's in the Real Madrid's dressing that he'll be, he'll be, he'll be signing for the Los Blagos side and, but last minute he didn't and how would the relationship between Karim and Kylian be in the national team? It's going to be a hard relationship uh, you know you cannot uh, I thought they were best friends they, they, they were starting to be best friends you know was mentoring him because he knew that he was coming to, to Real Madrid. He was mentoring him in a lot of things, you know, what to do, how to live, how to become a best player, how to become a Real Madrid player. And all of a sudden, uh, they saw him posting, uh, you know, a two-pack. This friend is betraying him, you know. Yeah. So it really, it really tells a lot. Yeah. So that he was fought. Uh, I don't know if he, if he has called him yet, or, you know, talked about it yet. But uh, yeah, it's really hard. And as you see now, what I was saying is going to kill football. Now it's not only in the club situation, but it's now overspeed into the international yeah. you see now. So yeah, yeah that's bad news. I don't know. But I don't know how the pitch up. Uh question for all. From a neutral point of view, was this a good decision by Killian? I would say no. Because with Real Madrid, you're going to win. You know, you're on a a bigger stage. I'm not saying PSG is not a big football team, but you never, Real Madrid, never is, their Madrid. history is so rich. And seeing Pape with, you know, the likes of Benzema, it would have just been, like, I can only imagine what Champions League nights would have been seeing them in the same team because they already have that chemistry from the, you know, inter- from the France national team. So I just, I, I'm not really a big fan of his decision, to be honest. Do you agree to this assertion, Papi? Definitely, I think it was the wrong decision, wrong move was you as a footballer you need you need progression, you need different challenges. The only chance you can you can have to win Champions League is to play for those big boys in the Champions League, the likes of Madrid. I don't think PSG anytime soon are in a position to win any European titles. So he should have felt that. And he should have made the, the big move that everyone in the footballing world was expecting. Yeah. Cubs you need your um your take yeah you know my take she was saying it all you're saying it all <laughs> okay. we agree so yeah, yeah actually yes. everyone i think many people are agreeing that uh killing puppy just stayed for the money yes. and the money alone mm-hmm. okay guys let's move on time is not on our side um so i've got this interesting poll that we managed to conduct and um that's because of this past Premier League um, season, um, season. So now I've got um, certain questions that I need to address to us and the fans. Um, which, which, which has been your, who has been your player of the year um, in England? Ropa. Uh, I would say Mo Salah because, you know, he won the Playmaker Award, joint top scorer with Son, you know, 30-something goal contributions. It's unfortunate they didn't win, but he played his part. But um, before you go any further, Mosala, um, the last six months after Afghan, he was a power shot of himself. So, yes, 
what's interesting is that he was a shadow of himself, but still he managed, managed to, to you know pick up those awards. Just shows his quality. Gundogan. 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 Yeah. Gundogan was a mere benchwarmer. And it's yeah, actually a company that uh, know, needs to go. Yeah. Um, if you look, uh, he was a benchwarmer. You know, he knew his place. Uh, he opened up, uh, you know, plenty time for the young guy. You know, the new the new age, you know, that was supposed to prove himself. But when he was called up to the next, you know, even before the age, he would come in, he would you know, and assist Oh, definitely. You know, so that would be, you know, so me. He stepped was, up. He stepped yes. up. Yes. Oh, definitely mine is KDB, Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's 15 goals and uh, eight assists. Beautiful passing ability. Uh, so and help the team and to help win the team, the Premier yeah, League. to win the Premier League. You know, with with scintillating performances and the fact that he's got good numbers. And he won the the Premier League. I think it's only fair enough for me to rightfully so give him the. the I think decision. I think I can go um, with your side on this one. Yeah, we're on together on yeah. the KDB. Uh, yeah. Um. So the next uh, next segment is under twenty three uh, player of the year. I would say Mason Mount. This may come as a biased choice, uh. but eleven goals, ten assists, Chelsea's player of the season. Um. Yeah, he's my young player of the season. Mason Greenwood. The what? The Masons. <laughs> the Come on, the yeah. Come on. What? Mason Greenwood. Well, you know what? Um, you know, when he was on the pitch, he gave us a light. You know, fantastic okay. scores. You know? yeah. And even if he was off the pitch, he was giving us headlights. So for me, throughout the season, throughout the season. So yeah, I'll say it Wow, it's very surprising. But okay. Interesting <laughs> take. Interesting indeed. But wow. Okay, puppy. My under-23 player of the year, I think it has to be uh, Conor Gallagher. The loney from Chelsea. He's playing for Crystal Palace, I think. He was playing, you know, fantastic football, coming in with crucial goals, coming in with crucial assists, fantastic performances. Uh, definitely, he's my player of the, he's my young player of the season. Okay, yeah, rightly so. And uh, I think I'll go with uh, Bukayo Saka. Why well, yeah, had a very good season, um, but I think uh, the last part of the season he was kind of tired because he was kind of um, overused. Yes, yeah. true. Yeah. So eventually, gas really um, ran out, out of the tank. So yeah, and the most imp- most improved player, Ropa. Um, I put Conor uh, Gallagher because we didn't really know much about him, you know. Before, I think it's only Chelsea fans who knew about him, but here he really made a name for himself and he was Crystal Palace player of the season as a low knee. So mm-hmm. that in itself shows that, you know, from the level that he was prior to coming in and where he is now, fast improved. What if he was playing this, the same type of football like uh, last season? We couldn't uh, watch, watch him, right? Possibly. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Okay, Koji. Joe Matip. Uh, what is uh, what what a player that one? Yeah, another bench warmer again. But uh, <laughs> I think it's like if, if it's not Mo Salah, <laughs> if it's if it's not maybe Mo Salah and uh, Sergio Man, I think Joe might have got a uh, say in Liverpool's best uh, player this current yeah, season. True. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know he stepped up. You know we used to know him about the yellow cards, the red cards. You know, exactly. a dirty player, but now he's more professional. You know, the way he you know takes up the team. You know. Yeah, that's why I think it's most improved. Okay, Papi. Most improved. I know some people are going to disagree with me, but I have my reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Marcos Alonso. <laughs> why? 
Yeah. Look, look, we all, we all know that Marcus Alonso is is a bit sluggish. Yes. When it comes to the defensive side, definitely. Even he's sluggish when it comes to the offensive side, but he, he comes in with time and time again when you think he's down and out, he comes in to prove you wrong, puts in stellar performances and crucial goals, crucial assists. And when 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 um, Ben Chiu was injured, injured. He, he stepped he stepped he stepped he stepped up to the game and he got a lot of game time considering the fact that he was being booed by fans. Yeah. He he kept on pushing and he, he's my most improved player of the season. Right. In as much as uh, I would have liked to uh, name Jared Bowen, but I think I'll go with Joe Linton. It's a very um, interesting. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Big Joe, Big Joe, what? Um, he, he vastly improved, like um, during in the second half of the season. First, uh, the first in the first half, in the first half of the season, he wasn't playing well, and he was also uh, in the talk that he maybe will be shipped out. But right now, he, he gathered himself and um, played uh, fantastic football and looked for a new. So it's, it's now. thanks to Eddie Hall, is it? Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, before we go any further, uh, manager of the year. My manager of the year. Okay, let me start. I'll go with Patrick Vieira. Oh. Though he was number 12 in the Premier League, mm-hmm. but he managed to um, get in the semi-final of the FA Cup, which was a remarkable feat for poor Palace. So in, in that, I, yeah. that alone, I would say he deserves a, a nod. Yeah. yeah. Some other managers. Yeah, good, good season for Patrick Vieira. But uh, I'll go with uh, Eddie Howe. Why he came in uh, in the in the January uh, period, and then he actually, you know, propelled Newcastle away from the relegation battle. You know, the, uh, two three games uh, of the season, the, the last two three games of the season, Newcastle were comfortable in the middle of the table. So I'll go for Eddie Howe for the short space of time that he propelled Newcastle to avoid relegation. Okay. Um, I have gone for Graham Potter because in previous seasons, Brighton and Hove finished in the bottom half, but they finished ninth. I think this was an achievement in itself and it shows that they're improving season after season. Yeah, for a small club, I think. I yeah, think. so Graham Potter for me. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, Patrick Vera. Yeah, rightly. So, uh, biggest flop? <laughs> Jack Grealish for me. Three goals, three assists, 100 million pounds signing. Uh, not good enough. Not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody. Harry Kane for me, golden boot, playmaker, award, you know. But uh, it's got the best scores, like negative four point eight in this season. Maybe because Harry Kane, your flop of the season. Yes. Can you imagine? Yeah, I know, I know, I know what. But remember, he wasn't happy at the first. uh, At the beginning. At the beginning, but. But I think I think the the numbers column for Eddie Kane uh, uh, depleted because he was playing a different role now. More assists than than goals now. That's why you're talking because uh, you weren't expecting it. Expecting expecting more for me. Expecting. All right, all right. I'll I'll go with uh, Romelu Lukaku. I think I'm sure you know why. And also that that interview, (laughs) that blockbuster interview, uh, really paved way for this um, debacle. Definitely, definitely. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to pick two boys. For me, it's no, a tie. No, no. Flop of the season. I'll Ro- pick one. We need one. We need one. Okay, since, since you've mentioned, since you've mentioned Lukaku, I'll yeah. just mention uh, the other one. It's not. It's not. It's not an individual player, but it's a team as a whole. Oh. I think flop of the season. Manchester United. <laughs> uh, 
No, honestly, they 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 did not come to the party, you know. And uh, I'm sure most men United fans out there they actually agree with me that Manchester United was poor on and off the field. Your grace of the season team, Papi, uh, Papi, Papi chose United, like yeah, in a way. We're the same. United for sure. And I think I think yeah, I'll go with Everton. Yeah, compare Everton, uh, like Everton of uh, last season and this one. Uh, it's, uh, it was uh, yeah, yeah. It, them and United. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a close call, I should say. Yeah. And that uh, unsung hero. I've gone for Thiago Silva. Uh, Three thousand six hundred minutes played for Chelsea this season at the age of thirty-seven. Remarkable, really. Ericsson. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think Tottenham is actually missing that kind of a player. Yeah, yeah I think so. Sure. Papi. Uh, I'm going with Ivan Tony. You know, as much as we mentioned uh, Christian Eriksen uh, playing well, I think the link was there with Ivan Tony. 12 goals, 5 assists for a player uh, playing uh, for such a club. I think it's a fantastic goal contribution for Ivan Tony. Considering his style of play, he's usually the target man. He knocks balls down for running players. So to get 12 goals, I think, I think he's, he's the unsung hero for me. All right. Thank you, guys. Um... So join us on the next edition of the Field of Play. Not forgetting to like and follow our Facebook, Twitter, IG, and Anchor FM. It's Africa Day here, and Happy Africa Day to all our fans in Africa and some that are around the world. Don't forget to listen to us. We see you and we appreciate. From all of us, um, from the FOP crew, it's a wrap. Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.